Now, I have a lot of clients who come to me and they're like, I want to have the best sex ever. How do I do that? And I think they're expecting for me to give them sex toys and sex positions and things like that. But for me, I'm like, what kind of connection do you have with your body? Like, let's start there. Welcome to the Big Kid Problems Podcast, based on the comedic social channel all about not wanting to be an adult. I'm your host, Sarah Merrill, the writer, creator, and pretty normal human behind the popular Instagram, Twitter, blog, and now podcast, Big Kid Problems. So I've spent the last almost decade making jokes about navigating the adult world. And as I've gotten older, I've realized that no matter what your age is, we all have big kid problems. We're all just trying to figure it out. So thank you so much for joining me as we navigate adulthood together. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another week and another episode of the Big Kid Problems podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Merrill Hall. You may know me from the comedy Instagram, Twitter, and blog, Big Kid Problems. Welcome to the show. We have such a good episode for you this week. Sexuality doula, sex educator, and author of the brand new book, Sensual Self, Evian Whitney is in the house. We are going to take a page out of her book this week, and she's going to teach us how to get in touch with our sensual selves. I mean, so many of us get disconnected from ourselves and we don't even know it. I mean, we're running around, we have shit to do. And the next thing you know, we're so busy getting through the day that we've completely lost sight of the fact that we should be enjoying life. I definitely needed that reminder. And I am so excited to bring in Evian to help us reconnect with ourselves. When we tap into our sensual self, we can enjoy little things and big things a whole lot more. It helps us also reconnect with our partners and yes, even have better sex. Who doesn't want that? So without further ado, get cozy and we will be right back with Evian Whitney. We're going to talk about this a lot in today's episode, but it's time to seek out pleasure and every area in your life, from how you start your mornings to how you wind down at night and everything in between, you deserve to enjoy it all. Dipsy Stories wants you to find joy and confidence in and out of the bedroom. Dipsy Stories is an app full of sexy audio stories, and now they even have brand new written stories. So no matter what you're into or what turns you on, Dipsy helps bring the stories to life anytime, anywhere. Close your eyes and let yourself get lost in a world where only good things happen and pleasure is your only priority. Explore your fantasies in a safe, shame-free way. There are hundreds of stories to choose from and they release new content every week. So there's always more to explore. They also have wellness sessions to help you wind down and sleep sessions to help you drift off. I listened to a sleep session the other night called Cabin Fireplace and it sounded like being in a cabin in a light rainstorm while curling up to a crackling fire. I mean, it was heavenly. It just soothed my soul. So for listeners of this show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash big kid. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash big kid. That's dipsystories.com slash big kid. 
All right, guys. Welcome back to the Big Kid Problem Podcast. I'm joined now by Evian Whitney. She is a sexuality doula, a sex educator, podcast host, and author of Sensual Self. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to have you on this podcast. If only just to like like share your voice with this audience. <laughs> you have like the most <laughs> relaxing, calming voice I've ever heard in podcasting. Oh my God. That's such a compliment because there's so many voices in podcasting, right? So I'm honored. Thank you. <laughs> of course. Uh, well, I'm so excited to have you on today and for our topic this week. And I was kind of hoping before we even get started for you to kind of give this audience a little bit of background on you and why you wanted to write this book, Sensual Self. Yeah. Well, um, as you already beautifully introduced me, I am a sexuality doula, a sex educator. And one of the things that I've noticed um, in my work doing this work uh, for the last almost 11 years is these, these themes of sensuality keep coming up. Like this idea that we can't have the best sex of our lives if we're not fully in our bodies. And so sensuality for me is such a foundational piece. You know, I have a lot of clients who come to me and they're like, I want to have the best sex ever. How do I do that? And I think they're expecting for me to give them sex toys and sex positions and things like that. But for me, I'm like, what kind of connection do you have with your body? Like, let's start there. You know, like, how do you feel about your body? Are you even in your body? You know, what is your breath like on a day-to-day basis? Do you breathe? Do you hold your breath? I'm a chronic breath holder. So I'm kind of like dragging my own self right now. Um, and yeah, like our our ability to, to be present and to be fully actualized in our pleasure while we're in sex really depends on our ability to be in our bodies. And so sensuality for me is a really beautiful practice, not just like something that we do as a one-off, you know, but something that we cultivate and nourish throughout our day outside of the sexual realm so that when we get there, we can be fully present to it. Yeah. Oh my God. All the things you're saying already, I'm relating to the like holding your breath. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, I'm so guilty of that. Brandon, my husband all the time will be like, just take a deep breath for God's sakes. And I'm like, oh my God, have I not been breathing for the last four hours? Like, what is yeah, this? Yeah. It's, it's a trauma response. You know, I mean, I think a lot of us, we are holding a lot of stories and systems of safety in our bodies to just keep us moving, you know? And we're living in a crazy time right now that's never going to change. I think it's always going to be wild and crazy out in the world. And the ways that our bodies try to cope is by doing these things to keep us alive and keep us safe for better or for worse. And so chronically holding our breath is just one way that that can manifest in our bodies. And this came through very, very clear for me because I just recently did a breathwork training. And mm. doing breathwork made me really realize like, wow, I'm not really breathing very much. And it's it's kind of crazy. Like, how am I alive if I'm holding my breath so much? So it's a lot. It's it's a lot to, to unlearn and a lot to um, connect back into. But that's, that's what the process and practice of sensuality is. It's about um, that reconnection and that reclamation. Mm. Okay. How does one become a sexuality doula? Because I've never (laughs) seen this title before, but I'm super into it. Whenever I hear doula, I think of like people who are going through pregnancy or something like that and have a doula, somebody who like walks you through the process. Like how do you literally, what is a sexual, yeah. What is a sexuality doula? 
Well, you probably haven't heard of it because I was the one that coined the term. Um, There are some people now who call themselves sex doulas, which is awesome. I love that they have um, also found a way to put into practice a lot of the things that I put into practice with my own work. But as a sexuality doula, you know, what you said is so spot on. I really resonate with what birth doulas do, with what postpartum doulas, abortion doulas, death doulas do, um, which is really to work with people and guide them through these incredible times of transition, you know? Uh, and so I, I like the, the doula model because it really speaks to this beautiful process that we go through when we are in a space of healing ourselves, liberating ourselves, transitioning from one place to another. And so with the people that I work with, they come to me in this place of sexual confusion or a sexual shutdown or disconnection. They come to me feeling like they're not fully present in their bodies and they just want to know why, or they just feel like there is something more that they aren't accessing. And my work as a guide, a facilitator, as an educator is to help them get to the fullest expression of who they are as sexual beings, as sensual beings. And um, yeah, it's very much aligned with doula work, except I'm sort of giving birth to people's sexual awakenings. Oh my gosh, I love this. Yeah. And 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 I know, okay, so in your new book, you're talking a lot about like getting in touch with your sensual self. Like what is the difference between like sensuality versus sexuality? Are these one and the same or they're different? I'm so glad you asked that question because this is one of the reasons why I wanted to create this guided journal because I really wanted for people to use their own bodies to answer that question. Like, what is sensuality? Like, it's not enough for me to talk about it and it's not enough for you to intellectualize it with your minds. Like, it's something that you experience with your bodies. And one of the things that I've noticed in my work is that a lot of people have a lot of confusion around what sensuality is. I have heard it in my work that sensuality and sexuality are used interchangeably. So you can talk to someone and they'll be like, oh, my sensuality, but they're actually talking about their sexuality, the sexuality that they have, uh, the sexiness that they exude. And I don't think that that's necessarily wrong, but I do think that it doesn't give the full scope and um, the full view of what sensuality is. And so much in our culture, I, I feel like that message comes through that our sensuality is for the gazes of somebody else or... Um, I'm thinking of like the images that come up, even when I just do a random search on the internet, like sensuality and look at the images. I mean, it's all images of skinny, um, sexy, like playboy-esque models that are like sucking a lollipop or wearing lingerie. And like, that's not a bad thing, but that's not the only expression of of sensuality. Um, For me, sensuality is not about a performance or an external experience. It's it's about what you're feeling inside of your body and how you're able to hold space for yourself in your body and be awake and alive to all the sensations and experiences that you're having in your body. And I think that when you are tapped in in that way, when you are completely connected to your body and your senses, obviously that 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 sex appeal might exude out, you know, it might, it might look like someone who is trying to be sexy, but that's not the point. The point is about like, I am sensual for myself first and foremost. This is a relationship that I'm building with myself and nurturing with myself. Um, and it's not about 
lingerie that I wear. Mm -hmm. Like the lingerie can be an external aspect to that, but your sensuality doesn't live in the lingerie. It lives in your body. And it's something that you have to actively reclaim and cultivate within yourself. Oh, this is so good. Uh, And I love that, that we're talking about this because I think a lot of the conversations, at least that I've had, even on this podcast, like we talk about like sexuality and, you know, having better sex or whatever it is, we do talk a lot about those external factors and, you know, like putting on the hot lingerie or mixing things up, trying a different position. But I think one of the big things that keeps a lot of us from enjoying sex fully is just like having a disconnection or not really like being within ourselves. And I'm interested like what you think, like why, what do you think gets in the way of us connecting to ourselves in like a sensual way? Oh, there's so many things. Gosh, I mean, (laughs) I could probably be on this podcast for another hour just talking about the things. I mean, I think about trauma a lot. I think that a lot of us are walking around with unacknowledged traumas in our bodies that we just... Um, either are ignorant to or we just don't really want to go there with. I think about the ways that our culture and society is so fast-paced that it's kind of impossible to remember that we even have a body. (laughs) Because, I mean, we're go, go, going, and we're on our computer, and then we're on our phone, and then we're driving to get our kids, and then we're making dinner. Like, we're moving so fast. And sensuality doesn't live in a fast-paced world. I mean, it can, but we cannot be fast in our bodies and feel sensuality. We have to slow down. And a lot of what I'm asking for folks to do in my book, Sensual Self, is to slow down enough so that so that they can tune into their bodies and feel into the sensations that are coming up in their bodies. And oftentimes those sensations aren't going to be pleasant. They're going to feel weird or they're going to bring up strange or uncomfortable memories, but we have to be with our bodies in order to create the sensual life that we want to have. And I believe that our sensuality is our birthright, that pleasure is our birthright. And so for an, in order for us to get there, we're going to have to like actually do the work, you know? And that's that's hard for some people because I know that capitalism tells us that sensuality can be bought, You know, like sensuality is, like I said, in a lingerie or it's in this Mm -hmm. really expensive face cream or it's in like the way that capitalism has really um, overtaken the concept of self-care. You know, it's like, this is how you self-care by buying all of these things. And like my Mm -hmm. thing is like, what does it look like for us to have our experience of sensuality be just us being with our bodies? And then like, not to say that expensive face creams and lingerie aren't um, something that we shouldn't explore with. But I don't think that we should put as much meaning and much um, as much importance on those things because ultimately we are the ones that create the sensuality within those things. So what does it look like for us to do that by ourselves? I, I, for me, I feel like it's a lot more sustainable that way instead of like looking at sensuality lives in a thing. It's like, no, sensuality lives with me and I get to activate it through this thing that I'm bringing in. Mm, mm-hmm. Do you think there's any like telltale signs? Like if, if someone is out there listening to this podcast and they're like, am I disconnected? Like what are the signs that we should be like looking out for or maybe aware <laughs> of that like we may be disconnected? Yeah, it, that's an excellent question. I mean, we talked a little bit about breathing. So, you know, are you a chronic breath holder? How often do you take a deep breath? 
you know? I'm literally holding my breath as you answer this question. <laughs> yeah, it's it's automatic, you know? And it's not something that I, I want for us to get in our heads about. I don't, I'm mentioning these things today just to encourage folks to be curious and to pay attention. That's it. Like, I'm not putting any judgment or saying like, you're not a good person or you're not a sensual person if you still hold your breath. I do this work for a living and I still hold my breath, <laughs> you know? Like, it, it takes time and it takes a lot of, of practice. But I would say holding your breath is a really good one. Um, another one is just feeling this feeling of dissociation, you know? Like, one thing that I think about a lot in my own personal life is where do I go when I'm feeling stressed? Like, do I come into myself and am I curious about my experience and am I... Um, sort of nurturing myself and asking myself, what's going on, sis? How are you feeling? What's what's going on? Or do I pick up my phone, which is what I do. Mm. Like when I'm feeling stressed out or anxious, rather than sit with those feelings because they're really hard, I tune out. I go on Instagram. I scroll through my newsfeed. I'll put on Married at First Sight Australia. Like those are like my fixes for not wanting to be in my body because the sensations or the thoughts or the feelings or the shame is just too much. So that is a that is another thing. And then I think another another thing that I would add to that is um, this feeling of like like you have you've had like the busiest day of your life and you like sort of snap to you in the moment and you're like, oh my God, it's already eight o'clock. How did that happen? Like you're just moving so fast that you're not paying attention to the movements that you're making. You're not present to the conversations that you're having, the food that you're eating, mm. um, the sensations that are happening on your skin as you're moving throughout the world. Um, and yeah, again, like this isn't something that I think that we are fully responsible for. I, I think we live in a culture and a world that is telling us to go all the time and is not giving us permission or encouraging us to slow down. So we got to do it ourselves. Guys, I have a life hack for you and all you need is 10 minutes a day for 10 days for your brightest, whitest smile yet. For those of you who don't know, I've been raving about Bride Bright. It is an at-home teeth whitening system. I actually used it before my wedding to get my teeth looking their best. And here I am five months later, still obsessed. Bride Bright was developed by a dentist and his fiance who were getting ready for their wedding. And it has everything you need to remove red wine, coffee, and tea stains and get your brightest smile ever. I've tried a lot of teeth whitening products in my day. And the thing that sets Bride Bright apart is that you can paint on the whitening product directly with your whitening pens. So you get the full surface area of your teeth. No yellow spots or gaps. And some whitening products can make your gums burn. Ugh, it's the worst. So I love that Bride Bright comes with a sensitivity gel that helps protect against any sensitivity whatsoever. So smile big and check out Bride Bright on Instagram at Bride Bright. The bright is spelled B-R-I-T-E. And purchase all of your teeth whitening needs today at www.bridebright.co. That's B-R-I-D-E-B-R-I-T-E dot co, C-O. You can use code BIGKID for free shipping and 40% off. Yes, that's 40% off with code BIGKID. Huge savings. Thank me later. 
You know what's interesting? Because um, I was going through your book, obviously this week, like getting excited and ready to interview you. And I realized like, I, I was feeling resistant to some of the things that you were... Um, some of like the exercises you were putting out there to like get in touch with your like own sensuality. And I'm like, why am I so resistant to this? Mm. It's like, describe like something you like, love in your body. I'm like, and I'm like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I'm like, why? <laughs> yeah. Do you know why? I'm just curious. Like, could you, could you pinpoint why that was? I honestly, I, I, I'm not totally sure. I think I'm yeah. just in like a, a pretty stressed out like like period of time in my life, like a, at a short, yeah. like a bubble of stress. And so uh-huh. like the idea of taking away time from my to-do list and all the shit that is piled up <laughs> to like yes. actually like, you know, get in touch with myself. I, I'm almost like, not like you don't deserve it, but almost like in a weird, maybe backwards way, maybe a little bit of that. Yeah, I maybe it's maybe it's that and it's also like I don't have time for this. We don't have time to love our bodies. Are you kidding? We got shit to do, you know? Um I feel that. Like that's fucked. I, that's yeah, fucked. <laughs> I really feel that. And I think that, you know, a lot of people do as well. Um that's that's really real. And also, I think it's really important. I mean, I just want to name in this conversation that like you had the awareness to feel yourself resisting some of these questions, you know? And I mean, for the record, these questions aren't like lofty questions, like sit down and think about who you were 10 years ago and how you want, like, I mean, these are like pretty fun and playful and really light questions. I mean, some of them aren't, but, um, and the fact that you were able to feel yourself in that moment resisting, that's huge, you know? That's that's really big. And so then that makes me want to encourage you to continue. Like, what am I resisting? Okay, let me revisit this question again. Do I still feel that resistance? Where do I feel that resistance in my body? Like what mm. sort of sensations come up in my body with that resistance? Is it all over my body or is it just in my head? Or is it in my feet? You know, just like getting curious about it and see the more that you think about it, the more that you approach it, maybe you can like take some of the charge out of it or mm. like sort of take this take this sort of like directive mode where it's like, yes, yes, I know. We've got to do this up the wazoo, but I'm going to answer this one question. It, it'll only take me five minutes. That's really important to me. And like yeah. see if that changes it, you know? Yeah. You, you just said something that... Um... I I just experienced it in other like uh I, I just tried like hypnosis for the first time. This is a story for another podcast. <laughs> but the concept of like when you're feeling resistant or like stressed or anxious and picking out where in your body it's like res- like starting I think is so interesting and like you just said like it kind of helps take the charge away from it and I don't think I've ever done that before until like a couple of days ago when I tried this hypnosis. Oh, and I, wow. I'm just curious for anybody listening to this podcast, that could be like an interesting thing to think about next time you're getting some like weird emotion or anxiety or something like that pop up. Just like like thinking about where do I feel this in my body, I think is really interesting because there's usually a place. You can pinpoint mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, one thing that I've been studying a lot over the last couple of years is... Um, trauma, you know, the way that trauma shows up in our bodies and how like we might have these traits or characteristics that we've sort of thought are just like part of our personalities, but they're actually not. They're like a trauma response. And so Mm -hmm. I think what you're touching on here is like, 
that resistance. I'm not, I'm not diagnosing you. I'm not saying it was a trauma response, but I do think that there's something there when it comes to like, okay, the things that we feel are not coincidental. They're not an accident. Like our bodies are constantly speaking to us and they're trying to give us messages to slow down, to drink some water, to disengage from things that are too much, too fast, too soon. Um, They're always trying to get our attention. And sensuality as a practice for me is about like slowing down and listening to our bodies. And that can be really difficult, you know, especially for those of us who have had traumatic experiences and feel really daunted or overwhelmed at the idea of being with those feelings. But I would also add that like, we are not just experiencing trauma. We're also experiencing joy and happiness and pleasure. And so with sensuality, it's not just about like, let me feel into my stress today. I I actually want to sort of deprioritize the stress and anxiety because I feel like a lot of us are very familiar with those sensations in our bodies. (laughs) Like we're really familiar with, I know when I'm stressed and I know when I'm anxious, but how many of us know when we are in the vicinity of pleasure? You know, mm. like how many of us know when when our bodies are like, oh yes, I'm so feeling this. Like it's very rare that we give ourselves permission to feel into those feelings. And so sensuality as a practice is a way for us to do that. And it's it's a really lovely kind of like BOGO because once you, once, I can't believe I just said BOGO, buy one, get one. Um, <laughs> uh, but like once, once you like get into this rhythm and this motion of, familiarity with the signals that your body's giving you for pleasure, for slowing down, for joy, for happiness. It helps you to get a better sense and literacy of the not so pleasant things like anxiety, trauma, Mm. dissociation. Yes. Okay. So I want to focus on that for a minute. So for anybody who's like wanting to get more in touch with those feelings of joy, of pleasure, just getting more in touch with their their sensual self, like where is a good place to start? Like what, what would you recommend to help us get there? Oh man, there's so many things that we can do. Um, and they're, they're all mostly free, I would like to say. <laughs> um, yeah, one of my favorite practices that I've actually given um, clients of mine in the past to really want to just like listen to their bodies is you lay on the floor, you can lay on your back. You don't even have to lay on the floor. You can sit in a chair and make sure that, you know, your feet are connected to the ground. And if you're laying on the floor, you just put one hand on your heart, one hand on your belly, and you just breathe and you just feel, and you just sit there for two minutes, three minutes, whatever. And in that process, what you're doing is you're not just lying there listless. You're actually like seeing if you can tune your senses to what is happening inside of you. You know, like, Mm. what am I feeling right now? Okay, I'm feeling an emotion. I'm feeling anxiety. I'm feeling resistance to do this practice. What else is there? Like, if, if if I'm starting to spiral into resistance, 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 can I feel any form or any part of my body that's feeling pleasure right now in this moment. Maybe it's just like my pinky or maybe it's my belly or maybe I just had a really beautiful memory pop up in my mind that makes me really happy. That is a pleasurable moment. You're just noticing, right? So mm. that can be that can be one practice that you do. Um, and I'll say like, that's not easy to do. So start small, you know, start for 60 seconds 
and then keep increasing as you go. Uh, but I have seen a lot of beautiful things happen to folks who do this practice daily. I'm working with someone right now who was completely disconnected from her body, completely disconnected from the pleasure of her body. And she began doing this exercise and she's like, wow, I actually look forward to this now because I I found pleasure in feeling the rise and fall of my belly underneath my hand when I was lying there. And I'm like, that that's pretty radical. That's that's really beautiful that we can find simple pleasures in something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that I would suggest is like next time you eat a meal, rather than like scarfing your food down, like really pause and take a moment to like, taste your food and to like feel the sensations of the food in your mouth and like tasting all of the the spices, the the sweetness, the saltiness. Um, And just like see if you can enjoy and have fun with that experience. We're, We're always doing things throughout the day that I think could be pleasurable for us. We just, we're not attuned to it because we're moving so fucking fast. So yeah. my thing is like, take a task and slow it down. So like eating a eating a, a meal, going for a walk, you know, playing with your kid, looking at your partner, like all of these things, when we slow down enough to realize like, I am here in this body, having this experience and all of these sensations are happening around me. I'm seeing things, colors and shapes and textures. I'm feeling things on my skin, like my clothes. Like suddenly you're having a sensual experience and you're literally in your car, like, Hmm. you know, driving through traffic, you know? So like there's potential for pleasure everywhere. We just have to slow down enough and get creative enough to, to find it. Um, and I will, I will just, because I have to shamelessly plug it, my book, Sensual Self, is like fantastic for this because it really helps you to create a daily, weekly practice for you to explore what are the sensations of my body today? You know, um, what emotions are coming up in my body? Here's a practice that I can do that's going to help me connect to my breath. And how does it feel when I breathe? Like, what do I notice when I've been holding my breath and then I bring breath into my, my body? do I feel differently? Like these are really interesting questions to ask yourself where you're not having to, you know, figure it out on your own. Like I'll, I'll be a guide for you as well. Yeah. And it's, it's so funny. You're right. Cause it's like so many things that we experience daily that we probably don't even stop to think about. Like, I'm glad you brought up food because that was something I was going to ask you about. I mean, food is one of the easiest ways I think like Yes. On, on the human experience level to like get pleasure quickly. Like a piece of pizza on the street, freaking just like, it's the best, you know? Yes. Like it's shooting off everything. But I know I, I'm guilty of that. Of so many times, like I'll, I'll be eating something that I love and I'll be like almost done with it. And I'll be like, what? <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah. For me, when, food for me is another really big thing for me as well. I love pastries. Pastries are like Mm. my love language. So anytime I get a pastry, for me, it's my invitation to, okay, let's slow down and let's enjoy this. You know, like pastries aren't generally very big. You can finish them in a couple of bites. So like, let me sit down and enjoy this and like maybe close my eyes and breathe and like, moan a little bit because it's so good. Like we're allowed to feel that. We're allowed to give ourselves glimpses of that pleasure, you know? I'm trying to think of like the last food that made me audibly moan. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) 
I can tell you mine. Because it definitely happens. Oh, yeah, what was yours? Mine, mine was, um, my partner gave me a chocolate croissant yesterday. And <sighs> it was so flaky and so buttery. And there was like thick slabs of chocolate in the middle of it. And I was just, I think I was actually a little obnoxious because I was just like, oh my God, this is so good. <laughs> oh, this is the best croissant I've ever had. It's, yeah, it's great. Yeah. I think mine was, I um, went to this place in town that makes like handmade pasta. Mm, and like the uh, texture of this noodle, <laughs> just the texture and like the way that it picked up this sauce. Like I was uh, just like, oh my God, I'm in heaven. My mouth just watered. I love pasta too. So it's like pastry, then pasta. So you're speaking my language right now. <laughs> yeah, carbs. You know what? I You know what's weird? Um, and this has oddly like helped me enjoy food more recently, which I wasn't even like conscious of this. But over quarantine, I started cooking more. And mm. I've like really like, in, like I really enjoyed cooking and like have gotten pretty, pretty good. I'm not, you know, not to toot my own horn. But now when I'm eating something I really enjoy, I catch myself like trying to like guess the ingredients. Mm. But I notice like I'm paying so much more attention to the food as I'm eating it. Cause I'm like, is that mustard in there? Yeah. Is that like a vinegar? Like what's going on? And I don't know. I feel like that's maybe like a little bit of a hack for anybody yeah. to like, next time you're eating food, try and guess, try and guess the ingredients. It'll make you think about it a little bit more. Yeah. I love that. Cooking is one of my favorite ways, especially after I've had a long day. I actually did this yesterday. I've been working a ton with the release of my book and other projects that I have going. And yeah, cooking, I just like started chopping vegetables and I'm like, wow, this is actually like really meditative for me. You know, like looking at the colors of the bell pepper and smelling the garlic cooking on the oil and hearing the wooden spoon as it like hits up against the pot. Like it's a really sensual experience. And so I invite for people to, as I said before, take a task, slow it down and like mm. pay attention with your senses through it. That's actually how I like to think about sensuality is that it's, it's the practice and process of paying attention with your senses. Are your thoughts running in endless circles in your mind? I mean, I'm so guilty of that. With the stresses of this last year, it's more important than ever to practice living healthier and happier lives. So what if a few minutes was all it took to change your relationship with stress and anxiety, transforming your life for the better? That's the power of meditation with Headspace. Our thoughts can be confusing enough. Meditation doesn't have to be. Headspace is your convenient dose of meditation, mindfulness, and sleep exercises to relieve stress and anxiety and help you get a good night's sleep. All in one app, making it easy to catch your breath and make time for your mental health. And it's one of the most science-backed meditation apps in the world, proving meditation works. A study proves in just two weeks, Headspace can reduce your stress by 14%. I personally love their SOS mini meditations for a quick breather. They just bring me a moment of peace amongst my daily chaos. We've been talking a lot about breathing in today's episode and it seems so simple, but I've noticed I usually can only get through like a few cycles of breath before my mind takes over and I usually go into my next daily task. That's why I love the mini breathwork meditation that walks me through even just two minutes of breathwork. 
Those two minutes make such a huge impact and can really help relieve stress and get me connected back to my body. So find some Headspace at headspace.com slash big kid and get one month free of their entire meditation library. This is the best Headspace offer available. So go to headspace.com slash big kid today. That's headspace.com slash big kid. I think that's probably like the biggest hack here is just like anything you're looking at, like literally asking yourself, like, what am I hearing? What am I smelling? What am I seeing? Like going through your five senses. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think that that's like a really awesome way to get in touch probably. Yeah. It's also a great grounding technique as well um, for folks who are experiencing stress and anxiety. Just going through that like list of the senses, like what am I tasting, feeling, seeing, hearing, et cetera. That is a really great way. Like if you're in a spirally state to like, oh, that's right. I'm, I'm here in this moment. I can feel my feet on the ground. I can see these colors. I'm here. You know, um, I, as someone who also suffers from general um, anxiety disorder, that one's really powerful for me. Yeah. Yeah. I learned that in meditation a couple of years ago and it, it really, really helps. It's a good one. Um, I'm curious. So do you have any like little, you know, quick rituals, little hacks that you use in your own life to like maybe tap in quickly to your sensual self? Like I think of like, I don't know, taking a bath for me is like one quick way to like get in, get into it. Is there anything yes. that you do or anything that you would recommend? Yeah, I love that you said baths. Baths are my favorite. I live in Los Angeles, so it's been pretty hot here and I haven't been getting as much bath time as I would like, but baths are so good. Um, even showers, you know? I mean, I, I, I really want to make sure that we're not making sensuality or the practice of sensuality into these like lofty things where you have to set aside 30, 45 minutes for a bath. Like you can have a sensual experience by taking a five minute shower. You know, Um, it's just about, again, paying attention with your senses. Um, So yeah, I typically, I like to do that when I'm like washing my hair and like feeling the sensation of the shower hitting my, my scalp and like smelling the shampoo and the conditioner. That's a really sensual experience for me. I've also found that breathing is like a very quick way for me to come back into my body, especially when I am working a ton and I don't really have time to shower or like make myself a, a meal. I mean, I've this this past like two weeks have probably been the most unsensual of my life because it's just been go, go, go for me. And it's been really interesting because I've had to put myself in places where I'm like, okay, yes, everything is going crazy, but can you slow down enough? to feel into this moment. And for me, even when it feels like my to-do list is like screaming at me, like get back to work, breath is is one of the fastest ways for me to come back into my body. And really it's just like taking a deep intentional inhale into your belly, like really inflating it full and then exhaling it all the way out. You can either do that with a sigh or um, with your mouth closed. Like even just that one inhalation and exhalation can be powerful enough to bring me back into my body and to remind me to slow, slow the fuck down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all need that reminder sometimes. Yes. Um, I know you mentioned this one earlier, but I, I've always found for me that this is really helpful too. You mentioned like getting outside, going for walks. Yes. Like, what role do you think like nature has for us with all of this? And like, is there any way like, 
I'll sometimes like walk my dog around the block and like not even pay attention. Like, is there any anything you would recommend to maybe get the most out of nature? Even if you're just like literally taking a break from work and walking around the block, like what are some things we can do to like really soak it in? Yeah. I love that you mentioned going outside and, and taking a quick walk um, because that, I mean, nature is so medicinal for us. I mean, we were, I mean, we, we used to live outside, you know, like, and we used to have a direct relationship and connection to the earth, you know, through the food that we eat, um, through the animals that we tend to, even to the way that we made our clothes, you know, it was, a, we had a very sensual experience and then life happened. And now we're like living in our houses and we have computers in our pockets, you know? So it's it's difficult to go back to the ways that we were, but I think that we can try by going for a walk. And maybe that looks like leaving your phone at home, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe it's not a long walk. I know for me, I'm like, oh, but what if like there's an emergency and I need to call somebody. So it's like, okay, I'll take a quick, like around the block, five minutes, I'll leave my phone. And just like, don't have anything in my ears. I'm not listening to a podcast. I'm just like, all right, I'm going to take a walk. It's going to be a sensual walk. And I'm just going to notice, what do I see? What do I hear? What do I feel? Like what's coming up in my body as I'm seeing and hearing and feeling all of these things? And like that can be really powerful as well. And again, you know, everything that I'm mentioning here, it's going to require all of us to get a little uncomfortable, you know, like... Mm-hmm. The first time I took a walk without my headphones, because I typically, whenever I'm walking, I have a podcast in my ears or I'm listening to music or even if I'm Same. cooking, you know, like it's it's like I need somebody to keep me company because the silence is really uncomfortable for me. So even just noticing that, like I notice that anytime that like I'm supposed to be doing something, I have to have something in my ears. It's like I'm always doing something you know, maybe push that edge and say, I'm going to take a quick walk, two minutes, leave my phone at home. Or I'll have my phone in my pocket, but I'm going to put my headphones away and I'm just going to walk and I'm going to focus on my walk and see what happens, you know? I imagine it's going to be a beautiful experience, but it also might be a little uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah, no, I love that. That is such an easy way. And that's happened to me before where like my headphones die and I'm like forced to like continue my walk. And I'm like, oh, this is actually like kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah, you had that. For me, when that happened, um, and it's happened before too, where like, or I'll forget my headphones. I'm like, shit, I'm like halfway done with my walk or I've like completely away from my house. Do I turn around? No, I'll I'll keep going. I'll just, I'll sit Mm -hmm. with the discomfort and I'll sit with myself because that's essentially what we're being asked to do when we're not plugged into something, you know? Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm loving all of these. I feel like you've already given us a lot of like little things to work with. Um, and I'm curious because I mean, your your book has so many little exercises in there, like you said, to kind of create daily rituals, get in touch with your body in like a really easy way. Any other ones, like even if we even get like one more, like just to leave the audience with like after this episode to maybe think about or try in their own lives um, just to get like a little taste. Yeah. You know, one thing that's coming up for me is a journal prompt that I wrote in there um, that I, I've asked folks to to sit with and write um, is like, what, what stories, myths, or lessons were you taught about sensuality? Like when you think of the word sensual, what immediately comes to mind? 
And where did those stories come from? Like who taught you that that was what sensuality was? Just to get curious about it, you know? And then also that the other question, like what do I want my sensuality to look like? Like if I've been taught that sensuality looks like this or includes this or you have to buy this in order to be sensual, what do I want my sensuality to look like? I know for me, I want my sensuality to be easily accessible. Like I don't want to have to buy a thing or wear a thing or hear a thing in order to access it. Like I want to empower myself to be able to access my sensuality at any time. Um, Mm. And I also want sensuality to look like something that is reflective of who I am. You know, like I want it to look like me. I want it to include all the things that I want to do that I'm, my body is able to do. I don't want sensuality to be like, you have to have this type of body and you have to have this amount of money in your bank account and you have to have this amount of, um, I don't know, I'm thinking of like a, a skincare regimen or whatever. Like <laughs> you, you can be, you are sensual because you have a body. If you have a body, you are sensual. Nobody can ever take that away from you. And so with my book, I'm just asking for people to think about the ways that they can define it for themselves. And in order to define it, they'll have to explore it. You know, they'll have to ask those questions and and get a little curious and have a little fun with it. Yes. I love this. And that's why I really, I really love your book. And I'm going to link it in show notes for anybody to check out. It is, it's all about exploration and like getting your hands dirty. Like there, you know, there's so many like books I read that, you know, you just read it and you're like, okay. (laughs) But this Uh is like, you actually, you have to participate. You're, you're being an active participant. Mm -hmm. So, um, so happy that you were able to come on this week and give us a little bit of of a taste. If if this audience wants to find, if this audience wants to find more from you, where can they find you? Oh, there's so many places you can find me. Um, you can find me on my website, evianwhitney.com. There is where you'll find everything you want to know about me. Um, you can also check out my podcast. It's also called Sensual Self. Um, you can find that on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And I'm also on Instagram at evian.whitney. You can see some of my reels about sensuality and um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. I think that's everything. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. I'm going to link all of that so everybody can easily find you. Evian, thank you so much for being on. Ah, thank you so much. It was a pleasure chatting with you. Okay, that is a wrap on our episode this week. I hope that you enjoyed it. If you did, remember to hit that subscribe button and leave a nice little five-star review for this podcast. Maybe send it to a friend who you think might enjoy the show. Your reviews and you passing along this podcast is what keeps us running. So thank you. If you want more from me, you can follow me on Big Kid Problems on Instagram and on my personal account, which has a new handle all of a sudden uh, at Sarah Merrill underscore Hall. New name, who's this? As always, I want to thank our sponsors for making this show possible. I've linked all of our discount codes and everything else you could ever want from this episode in our show notes. So make sure to check that out. And finally, I want to thank you for tuning in and supporting this show. There's a lot of ways you could be spending your time right now. So I really do appreciate you spending it with me. All right. With that, I hope you have an awesome week and I'll see you next Tuesday.